This is the Out of Time Film Podcast, where your hosts, Tom and John, discuss everything from blockbuster films to TV and games like there's no tomorrow. Welcome to the Out of Time Film Podcast. My name is Tom, and as always, I'm joined with my co-host John. And this week, we're talking about The Flash. Yeah. For context, we literally just watched The Flash. Like, yeah, like an hour, an hour ago, ago. Yeah, we finished it, and I don't. God, I I just feel like emotionally drained. I'm a bit sad. Felt a bit betrayed by this film, as you can suggest by the title of this video. I'm just really sad. What about you? I'm in a very similar position i think betrayal is a good way to put it because the hopes for this movie were just off the charts like the initial reactions and all the word of mouth you know like people like tom cruise and stephen king were saying that it's incredible james gunn everyone's saying this movie is so incredible and i was really looking forward to it and you know i think even now there's a lot of people who do like this and but you know before we get into this i know that the title suggests that you know that we're really heartbroken by this movie and that is true we are really devastated and you know i think for us this is worth than we could have imagined but at the same time i want to make it very clear that if you liked this movie good i wish i liked this movie i really really you know wanted to find something in this that i loved and i just didn't and that's just my opinion you know that's fine if you don't share it but yeah Yeah. it's pretty emotional yeah i understand if people we thought this is a really good flash story hey that's your opinion so don't worry if you're feeling like, oh no, they're, they're talking about the film with the trash. These are just opinions at the end of the day. They don't really change the timeline or anything. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, we, we, we try to be positive and, and, you know, keep everything open. So, you know, we're not, we don't want to bash it, you know, from a perspective of the, everything around it is terrible and, and, and people who like it are, are bad. Like, no, not none no, of that. And, no. and you know, we, we welcome the discussion. So, you know, please, you know, if you disagree with us, tell us, let us know in the comments. But yeah, we will be discussing full spoilers ahead for anyone who hasn't seen it. Full, so. Full spoilers yeah yeah so the flash yeah. uh briefly briefly explain the plot for those who don't know all right so worlds collide when the flash uses his superpowers to travel back in time to change the events of the past however when his attempt to save his family inadvertently alters the future he becomes trapped in reality which general zod has returned threatening annihilation with no other superheroes to turn to the flash looks to coax a very different batman out of retirement and rescue an imprisoned kryptonian albeit not the one he's looking for and that is the just right there uh <laughs> yeah that is indeed i don't know where to start so let's just what what, what did you think of the movie <laughs> Terrible, terrible. Listen, listen, I have to get off my chest right now. I feel depressed by this whole film. Like, as I was saying earlier, this is like one of the worst films I ever seen. This may come to a shock to you all, but man, I just felt like I was trapped in that cinema forever. I just wanted to see something really good, but no, it was just... I heard great things like what you said about like, you know, Tom Cruise, Stephen King, but man, this felt like just a painful thing to watch. It really, really distraught me. Yeah, like when we were walking out of the cinema, it was the most depressing thing ever. You know, it wasn't like a particularly full cinema and we were just walking, trudging along with the walk of shame. It was (laughs) pretty tragic. Yeah, and the fact that the cinema went really quiet, like, that is the most quietest cinema that I ever heard, like, after watching this film. No one was talking, no no one was even, like, talking about, like, you know, in the after credits, you know, like, this post credits, like, oh, what do you think about the film? We didn't even talk. 
we didn't even talk about the film when the credits rolled. We were just sat in silence. We were just like trying to process what we just watched. And it was just, oh my God. Oh my God. Uh... Yeah, I just, I feel like the whole thing, it didn't feel like anything. It didn't feel like a particular vision. It didn't feel like it had anything to say. It felt like it was written by a committee, by a studio. It felt like it had come from notes saying, we've got to get this character in or that character in, or, you know, we've got to harken back to this or that. Or wouldn't this be cool and that be cool? And not in the good way. I feel like this is the worst example of that kind of filmmaking, of filmmaking that evokes the past and is so caught with nostalgia. You know, I have my problems with something like No Way Home, but I feel like No Way Home at the very least managed to justify a lot of the cameos and the multiversal stuff. This movie, The Flash, in which the marketing has been dominated by Michael Keaton's Batman, his presence in the movie is just completely pointless. He has nothing to say thematically or for the plot. His character is just hollow it's constantly either he's spitting out a line from the past or he's just kind of being in a clunky action scene there's just there's nothing to him and i didn't find any enjoyment in that or no. or, or indeed yeah. any of the other stuff that they are bringing back that it almost felt like they're dragging stuff back you know yeah. kicking and screaming things that do yeah. not deserve to be in this movie this somehow got a nine out of ten on imdb what yeah, I'm just looking at the cast. So let me tell you about, like, we're bringing back Michael Keaton into mm. this film. And that is, like, a huge thing, right? You know, like, you're bringing back a huge character, an actor who played Batman in 1989. And it was, like, such a really interesting actor to portray Batman. But in this, it just felt really out of place. There wasn't really anything to justify his character arc, really, if you can call it a character arc. He was just there this whole time. He was trying to help Barry. But I don't know. It, it didn't really link well with the other characters. Like Supergirl, for example, she had a really strong presence, but that's quickly died down when she only appears for 10 minutes in the film. And it didn't really generate excitement for me. I was like, oh, well, here she is. She's really cool. Sasha Kelly, she's great as Supergirl. Oh yeah, standout yeah. of the movie for sure yeah. in the limited yeah. time that she actually gets. I hope that with the Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow movie, they actually bring her back because I think, you know, she's got a lot of potential. But even so, like, <laughs> she shows up and they're like, hey, Supergirl, you can help us, right? And she's like, nah. I don't know humans anything nope. and then she leaves and then it's like okay that's interesting it's an interesting angle like you know what what is she gonna do like you know how is she gonna come back into the fight and literally she just sees Zod and she's like oh I guess I need the fast boys then and then she goes back yeah. and she's like yes I will help you and it's like wh why where did that decision come yeah, from yeah where's the motivation like there was no real motivation in this film apart from Barry the original one because there's two versions of Barry's in this one which is so insufferable in this like we knew that there would be two Barry's two Ezra Millers and you know whilst I'm on the subject I just want to say having Ezra Miller in this movie and having it releasing now is such an odd thing and it's not something that you can really get past in the film all of Ezra Miller's crimes you know like you can't really enjoy them as a protagonist but you know we don't i don't really want to dwell on that too much but i do, I do want to make it clear that you know like yeah even with all that context yeah. two Ezra Millers just didn't work the no, it, the it second one is supposed to be 18 years old and is talking in like this very much like bro kind of way like yeah man like it, it really doesn't doesn't work I just don't understand why they didn't just have another actor doing it I mean it would have just saved on the VFX they needed to put the two Ezra Millers together it was just such a bizarre choice to have have yeah. those two in it it really took away from everything really like there could be really some interesting concept into this whole time travel story but no two versions just felt really comedic but it, it just felt really insufferable I just couldn't really enjoy what the film was trying to give out but these two characters took away from that 
it just really made it not worth watching. It's two Ezra Millers, and they don't really complement the characters, really. Isn't it supposed to be, like, really about the Flash? But no, in itself, it was just, like, a time travel story. I mean, it was referring to Flashpoint, which is a really decent comic. I thought that it had really emotional beats. I thought it was great. But when it's adapted into that, nothing worked. Nothing at all worked from that. And I'm annoyed that Iris West didn't get enough screen time in this as well. Mm. Iris West is, like, one of the biggest characters for Barry. You could have seen that relationship. That would be really interesting to see. But everything fell. Yeah, it's crazy that this Flash movie is so not bothered with even being a Flash movie at all. So much of it is more bothered with like, oh, time travel and we've got to fix these things. And none of it kind of really fits into like what the Flash is. And obviously this has gone through such a laborious production history where directors are on board and then they leave. And then like, you know, the, the script gets rewritten and and now it's here. And it just feels like a shell of, of any kind of Flash story. It's mad that the Flash TV show, which did Flashpoint for one episode for 40 minutes, did it so much better than this in that there was like emotional stakes and ramifications and an exploration of Barry's relationship with his parents whereas in this one they try and keep that thread throughout of Barry and his mum but it really just kind of falls apart like so much of the movie is instead dedicated to other things like we've got to rescue Supergirl or we've got to find Batman and there's a whole extended sequence of young Barry's roommates where they're like we need to find Aquaman and they're like Aquaman is that like a the super mermaid and it's like why are we wasting time with all this like, you know, what does this have to say about any of it, any of the themes, any of the characters? Mm. Nothing. It wasn't really a central theme. I know it was supposed to be like looking back into the past, but you can't change what really made you. Like, don't let tragedies define you. You know, you you got to move on. It was trying to be this comedy movie. It wasn't really working at all. It didn't really focus on the family aspect as much. I mean, there was one really good emotional scene with, you know, Barry meeting his mother at the end of the film, talking about like how proud that mother was would be for Barry. I thought that was a really good scene, but there wasn't really anything to drive this theme all across. Like, it could have been really emotional, like, a really interesting flash story about, like, how would he deal with this different world apart from the really weird stakes, like, you know, this different version of Barry and then Zod. By the way, Michael Shannon as Zod in this film, it was just heartbreaking. Like, he wasn't really giving it all as Zod. Like, in Man of Steel, he was amazing as Zod. You know, you could really feel the tension between Zod and Superman in that film, in Man of Steel. It, it was really interesting to see Michael Shannon in that. But this, it just fell apart. And you couldn't really find out who was the villain in this. It's just a mess. You can't really find something in this film. Yeah, that's my thing. You can't really find anything. Zod just kind of feels like he's half asleep the whole time. His inclusion is just so surface level. And, you know, considering that he, in my opinion, I'd say Zod is one of the absolute best comic book villains. And we're bringing him back and he's just an empty shell. Even Michael Shannon in the promotion for the movie is talking about how the multiverse movies don't have the same kind of, like, depth to them. And are all, you know, just about kind of, like, smashing your action figures together. And I think that becomes so, like, evident throughout the movie and the way that they handle most of the characters you know we talk about Supergirl and Michael Keaton's Batman being shallow but then you think about like Wonder Woman just like in Shazam Fury of the Gods Wonder Woman just pops up and is like hey guys here to help anyway 
See you later. And Ben Affleck's Batman, who, again, barely has any character and barely resembles his character from the other movies, even though this movie acknowledges things like the Snyder Cut and, and various things like that, you know, things that normally I'd be like, oh, that's amazing. It really just kind of bastardized those characters. It reminded me of Justice League. You don't want your movie to remind me of Justice League. I don't want to ever think about that movie ever again. Yeah, but I was sat there and thinking, this looks like and feels like that kind of bastardization of these other characters. And, you know, I'm not saying that those characters can't grow and evolve, but none of it feels natural. None of it feels like it comes from anything other than, as I said earlier, studio notes saying, yes, we need to have a CGI Christopher Reeve and Adam West and Nicolas Cage Superman. Why? Why would anyone want that? I wanted to cry in that scene. I groaned so many times. (laughs) Do you know that Breaking Bad meme? Of like, you know, you can see yes. uh, yes. Robert yes. Yes. face. That was it just looked like that. The CGI was god-awful in this film. Like, I just could not get into the film because the CGI was so distracting. It was just oh, it looked poorly terrible. made. Like, the suit for Barry's... Uh, ah! It was just so <laughs> annoying to see! The suit! The suit! It was just... <laughs> like, the, the uh, C- CGI, when it's used to this level is important and it looking like that constantly throughout the film even in the marketing not like they're choosing the best shots in the marketing it all just looks so distracting the final battle just takes place in the desert where you know every time like somebody lands on it there's no like cracks in the floor there's no like weight to any of that you know when you think about how good cgi is in other movies like that really makes an impact something like spider-verse which you know all its animation and all the visuals you know have such a an impact and, and mean something in this you know i can see sometimes what what andy muschietti is trying to do but it really doesn't mean it. it just like the whole thing just really breaks you. I tell you what, at the end of the movie, when they the credits play and, and they play the song "This Too Shall Pass" from OK Go, which I was, I, I really like that song in general, and <laughs> the lyrics being "Let it go, this too shall pass." Me literally just depressed, just like no, I don't want to let it go. This is like what? It just absolutely just yeah. it breaks you to think about those kinds of things the film it barely takes any of it seriously the best scenes are when they do take it seriously but there's so much of it that's just caked in really like awkward comedy and again just reminded me of justice league it reminded me of just a thousand rewrites which are telling the filmmaker to do something that they, that they don't want to do at least you can say that andy muschietti is happy with this movie but i really don't think it amounts to much i just can't believe i've watched this film especially that this film had a really terrible story there wasn't really a villain in this film. There's this dark version of Barry or the Flash that he appears only, I'm going to say, a minute in this film. Like, that's the whole screen time that I can think of. It was just so jarring to see another version of Barry, which was this nightmare version of him. It was a kind of interesting concept because he was obsessed trying to save Kara and Batman in this event that was inevitable. You can't save them. And that's an interesting concept. But no, he gets killed off very quickly. And we don't really establish that, you know, this craziness of this nightmare flash. I was just so disappointed. Like, He just crops up at the last minute. Like, yeah. you know, with, with no build up to the fact that young Barry will become this kind of monster. It reminded me of Savitar in the Flash yeah. season three. But the fact is that Savitar had a whole season built up. He had episodes where we explore what would happen to Barry if he loses this person in his life, the dark turn that his life would take. Those things are really important in that season. But here, as you say, it's like a minute of screen time, which amounts to really nothing because Barry never learns a lesson. He changes time at the beginning. Everything gets messed up. And then he tries to change time at the end. 
everything messes up. And so then he finally tries to reset things. And then he's like, oh no, I can do one last time change by changing the bloody tomato cans. And then guess what? Everything changes again at the end. And it's like, this guy never learns his lesson. Stop time traveling, dude. There isn't any character arcs in this. Nothing. Silt. Zero. He doesn't learn. He doesn't learn from the mistakes. He's just like, oh, guys, I can time travel again. Yay, let's go and save my dad. I love The Flash. I love his comics and I love his TV show, like, a lot. And I really, really wanted this movie to be great. And I still think, you know, they shouldn't give up. This movie doesn't look like it's going to do well financially. And I don't think that they should take that as a sign that The Flash won't do well because we deserve a really great Flash movie. And again, if you know, if you like this movie listening, great. That is all I wanted was like this movie. And, and I hope that one day I can come back to it and say it wasn't as bad as I remember. I really, really hope that, you know, without expectations, that has happened to me before. Yeah. But some of the things that this film does, some of the priorities that it has, you know, all these cameos and yet they don't bother with John Wesley Shipp or Grant Gustin, two of the pioneers of the Flash on screen. They don't even bother with them. And I'm not saying that they even had a place in the story, but just the fact that they went for like these CGI supermen over them, it just doesn't, it's just so confusingly odd. The things that they do, all these stories that feel like they lack so much emotion when, you know, I've seen them done with so much more emotion in the past. And it's just a film that breaks you. There's just so few redeeming qualities. There is no better way to describe how this movie makes you feel than in the post credit scene, just the image of Jason Momoa <laughs> flopping into into a puddle and just curling up in the water. That's how I felt. That's why yeah. I turned to you. I turned to you. I was like, this is how I feel right now. Yeah. I, Especially I after, no after watching joy. those credits in silence, just, you know, letting it all just kind of wash over is just like, oh. And then the final scene just being that, it's just like, this movie just feels like such a waste of time, honestly. And this is the DCEU's final movie before we move into the DCU. And this is after a string of not great DC movies with Black Adam and Shazam and even DC League of Super Pets. Like a year ago, we had The Batman. And you know, I was thinking that DC is going to absolutely crush it. And then each movie has just been kind of a stinker. Like it's crazy that out of the last three, the best one has been Black Adam, which was just fine. <laughs> like it, it, that's not fair. I yeah. really hope that we can look up for DC because, yeah. you know, Marvel's just had two amazing films back to back of Spider-Verse and Guardians. And I really hope that DC can, you know, really give us something that is worthy of these characters of this universe. I believe that James Gunn can do that, but I'm scared. The whole thing scares me because even like, you know, The Flash was just not good. And I don't want that to be the precedent that we set. Please, God. Like, there's just so few things for me to enjoy in this movie. Yeah. I hope people enjoyed it, though. Absolutely. For me, I just sat in there, just in silence, not enjoying anything but the CGI. And, oh yeah, I saw a recent surge of Flash discussion on Twitter. Do you remember that bit when Barry saves the babies? One of them were in the microwave? Yeah, it was like the nuke in the fridge scene from Crystal Skull. Just like this baby just being shoved in the microwave and Barry being like, yes, this is how I will save the child. This film does not exist. I'm just flabbergasted. From the opening moments, I was scared, you know, the CGI and there was a really cool piano riff in the music. Like the score was decent and there was a really nice piano riff. And I was like, oh yeah, here we go. We're back. And then like you see Barry running, looking like he's made of clay and the whole thing. And I'm just like, oh no. Oh guys. Oh dear. It's over. Yeah. 
it's over pack it up it's guy like over. it's it, it's over it's one of those that just makes you feel terrible about everything every life choice yeah i really don't have anything else to say about this film i cannot believe this film actually exists uh, i just felt very distraught it wasn't really justifying flash making a really cool character instead quicksilver was even a better character than the flash in this entire film no, yeah, and Quicksilver never did anything in his X-Men movies. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I really hope that, you know, I think one of the most depressing things is this is the last time we're going to see some of these characters. We're never going to see Ben Affleck's Batman again, or Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman, or Michael Keaton's Batman, or maybe even Sasha Calle's Supergirl. And if we do, because obviously, you know, nothing's off the table at this point, but if we do, it's going to be, it's not going to be in the same way. And I think this is such a such a depressing wet fart for the DCU, which I think deserved more than that. Considering that when this movie was supposed to come out last year, it was our most anticipated movie, and now we're here. Just a a, re- a real fall from it. grace from what this movie could have been. Yeah. What do you give it out of ten? Can I say zero? <laughs> I mean, I mean, you can. I'm sure uh, you can go for it. I'm gonna give this. Wait, wait, wait. I'm gonna say oh. one out of ten because okay, especially Kelly. Ah, yes, no. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. She was great. I'm going to go three out of ten. I don't even know why. There are very small things that I liked, which I think do amount to something. But at the end of the day, it's, it's you know, diminishing returns. Yeah, it's been such a weird whiplash from going Spider-Verse to this. Oh, 100%. Such weird whiplash. I really hope the next time we watch a DC film... We have something positive to say. I really hope Blue Beetle is good because it's just getting depressing. <laughs> at this point thank you everybody for listening if you enjoyed give us a like and subscribe if you're listening on youtube and if you're listening on spotify you can follow and give us a five star review if you think we're worthy next week we are doing asteroid city which is gonna cleanse everything wes anderson is gonna, gonna make us feel so much better about just our lives and i really hope that's great and you can send us an email at outsidefilmpod at gmail.com let us know your thoughts on astro city and ask us any questions and we'll answer it right here on the podcast next week and you can follow us on instagram and outside film pod to see our incredible thumbnails from zayn afsal and on twitter for more thoughts from me and on our new tiktok page where you can see edited clips from the podcast which are also on instagram reels and youtube shorts i'm sure there will be many great edits from this episode oh, <laughs> uh, and you can find links to all that in the descriptions below thanks to Jones mayor for the excellent theme and Renan Phillips' vocals, as always, and I think that's everything. Yep, that's it. Take what you're given. Give nothing back. Goodbye. 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 <laughs>